Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 57. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Scarlett Hilt-Tibidol. Scarlett is the author of Afraid of All the Things, and he numbered the pores on my face. She writes monthly columns for Parent Life Magazine and Lifeway Voices and enjoys speaking to women around the country about the freedom and rest available in Jesus. Scarlett has a degree in biblical counseling and taught elementary school before she started writing. She and her husband live in Nashville, where she loves signing with her three daughters, eating nachos by herself, writing for her friends, and studying stand-up comedy with a passion that should be reserved for more important pursuits. Hey, Scarlett, welcome to We Are Free. Hi, Becky. I'm so glad you're here. Um, For people listening, um, Scarlett is doing really great things in the publishing world right now. And I've read one of her books, Afraid of All the Things, and we're going to chat about that. But the reason I know who Scarlett is is because they also, um, her and her husband, adopted one of their daughters from China. And I remember following you guys, um, just you were ahead of us in the process, and I had been stalking every family who was adopting from China. And I just remember following Mm -hmm. along and it was so encouraging and such a joy to, uh, to watch you guys go through that process. That makes me so happy because I did the same thing when we were in the process. I can remember the names and faces of these families. I just, you know, looked for and then stalked and, (laughs) you know, to see every little step of the process. So I love that. Yeah. So that's how I originally know who you are is I remember following (laughs) along and then you started writing books. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, And then I started reading them. But I'm so, so just grateful for you to be here today. Um, You guys, Scarlett wrote this book. I've read it. It's called Afraid of All the Things. And she talks about anxiety a lot. And it's something that I know we all deal with a lot. Even I feel like if you're like a type B chill person, I feel like I have friends who are very like type B and spontaneous, but yet they still deal with it in one way or the other. So I think this is something that we can all just like listen in and hunker down and hear what you have to say today. Um, So I'm grateful for you to, to walk us through some of this. Uh, Scarlett, give us a little background first on what your childhood was like and how feeling afraid played such a big role for you at such a young age. Okay. Um, My childhood was very strange in hindsight. Um, I grew up, my biological dad was a fire-eating magician. (laughs) Never met another one of those. Um, And my mom was an actress and she was actually, I was six months old when she got the the news that she had made it on the cast of Saturday, Saturday Night Live. And so we lived in, L- I was born in LA and then we moved to New York city when I was six months old. So she could be on the show for six years. It's crazy. And so of course I'm a baby at the time. So, so I did not realize how amazingly, you know, unusual and cool that is. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so all my memories, people ask me what it was like. And I'm like, uh, the jelly packets on the food table were delicious and I would eat them straight out of the packet. Like that was my, <laughs> those were my memories, you know? Yeah. Um, but in hindsight, I'm like, it just feels like a book or a movie I, w- I watched or read a long time ago, you know, because my life is so removed from that. <laughs> um, but that was, you know, a big part of my childhood. So my formative years were that, you know, growing up on sets and it was crazy. Um, and then when I was five, my parents got divorced and um, we were living in Connecticut at the time because about a year or two after my mom started the show, she wanted to live outside of the city. So she would take the train to New York Um, so, you know, by the age of five or six, I'd already lived in LA, New York, 
Connecticut. And then we moved to Miami when my parents got divorced because my mom reconnected with her high school sweetheart who was a SWAT cop in Miami. Um, and so because that's, that's a little unusual too. <laughs> totally. Yes. Um, so yeah, by the time I was six, I was like, what is life? You know, like, yeah. it was just, um, you know, I, I think most people are around that age when they start having memories like five, six, and it was like, okay, so dads go away, homes go away. I think that contributed a lot. I think I'm also, I know this is probably like there are different opinions and I'm no brain scientist or any neurologist or whatever. But, um, I think I'm just, wasn't always naturally wired nervously anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just kind of, I just kind of longed for stability and I had a lot of cool experiences growing up, um, that I did not appreciate till later, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I just kind of longed for security. And even after my mom remarried Paul, um, my dad who adopted me and he's like this amazing Christian man who is just the absolute best. And, um, but even after that, it was like, I was always feeling anxious and I didn't have a word for it, but I, um, you know, I had nervous stomach. So I like literally wound up in the hospital thinking my appendix was rupturing and I was just, you know, didn't want to go to school. So it was like, that was kind of my baseline for my whole life. Mm -hmm. At what age, like as you got older, maybe 10, 11, 12, like preteen, like, did you start, like, what are the things you remember then of feeling afraid of? Um, you know, I don't remember like being able to identify, Mm -hmm that it was fear in those ages. Like once I got into school, I tried really hard to like find, this is all like me psychoanalyzing my old self. Okay. So I do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my sister has a degree in psychology. I studied biblical counseling. So like, yeah, we psychoanalyze ourselves all the time. Um, but I, let's see, I just, I was really involved in like cheerleading and I tried to make straight A's and I tried to make people like me. And it was like, I had this kind of desperation about being approved and so um, that carried over into my teen years where I was like, I have to get this football player to love me and marry me by the time we're 18. Because I don't know. I was just like really grasping for security. I was really hyper and um, definitely terrified. I mean, you know, there are all these like little things that seem normal to me because that's how I lived. But, you know, like bedtime was like a huge thing for me where I would panic if I went to bed one minute past what I thought was like the good bedtime. So I would get enough sleep and be healthy. And it was like stuff like that, mm-hmm. that I just kind of didn't even know was not the norm. Um, and you know, panic attacks and all that. And then, um, in college I had eating disorders, pretty major that God healed me from after three years, three and a half years of it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of like, as soon as I would quote conquer one thing, there would be like another thing right behind it that I'd be clinging to for security. And I'd find it didn't, actually make me secure. Yeah. So where are you now? If you don't mind me asking and how do you (laughs) like, how do you take those things? If you have, I believe like most, there are people who have a natural tendency toward anxiety and fear and like whether it's type A or pressure we put on ourselves or childhood experiences, whatever, like, yes, I think there are people who are more prone to it, but like knowing that about yourself, like how do you deal now? What does that look like? That's a great question. Um, I think I can't even go into that until I just like share my testimony yeah. because it's so tied into that. Um, I, so I became a believer of Jesus when I was 14, I was raised in the church. So I like did the good girl thing, quote, quote, end quote, good girl. Um, I thought I was good. I thought, you know, I thought, oh, good girls read the Bible and say they're Christians. And so that's what I was. And then when I was 14, I saw a play, um, 
in a church and it just really touched me. And I, it was about death row. And there were these women that were telling, you know, getting saved, telling each other about Jesus, telling each other, you know, we're forgiven. And, um, I just remember that hitting me cause I, you know, I tried so hard to be perfect all the time and I just couldn't believe like, okay, Jesus loves even the people who do what I consider the worst things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was like the moment that I believed. And I, I know that I like purely, you know, believed in that moment, but it was like, I was so young and I didn't have any experience. And I'm sure a lot of Christians would say this, but like that first part of my testimony is like, okay, I'm a believer. So now what? So then my now what was like, okay, I think I'm supposed to read the Bible. Um, excuse me. And so I like panic writ underlined every, like, I'm like, okay, Proverbs tells you what to do. So I better. Yeah. I have to do every little thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I was like literally missing the whole point of Christianity. The whole point of Christianity, which I preach to myself all the time is Jesus was perfect in my place. And like, I'm forgiven because of him, not because of something that that I can do well today or tomorrow or in 10 years. It's just um, surrendering, recognizing my weakness and saying, okay, I cannot have access to a perfect holy God unless Jesus really did die and really did rise from the dead, proving that he is God and that he has the power to forgive my sin. You know, like that is the gospel. And yet I was living as though my Bible reading plan was going to make God approve of me, you know? Um, And so like a lot of my faith was like that for years. Um, And then when I had the eating disorder thing, when I was like 19, I was a slave to this whole sinful life because I was trying so hard to cover this, you know, embarrassing behavior that I was doing that I was a liar. And like, I had never been, that had not been like a struggle for me. (laughs) You know, I, I always tried so hard to do the right thing. So I became this deceitful person trying to hide this embarrassing thing. And I was so ashamed and I was, you know, I believed that Jesus was real. So I was begging him to heal me. And man, it's so hard to tell this story succinctly. <laughs> I'm trying. And you're um, good. It doesn't have oh, to be succinct. Okay. You're so sweet. Um, but anyway, long story short, his word led me to repentance because he kept leading me to Proverbs 28, 13. Again, Proverbs. I was like a Proverbs <laughs> girl. Um, but it says, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But if you confess, you, you will receive mercy. And I was like, okay, God, but I can't do that. And I just wouldn't obey because I was too proud. Like, I can't have people know that I do this that I make myself throw up. Like I was a church secretary. I was a college student studying biblical counseling. Like I was getting married to a pastor. Like, I'm like, I cannot confess this God. I'll confess to you. And someday I'll have this great testimony and then I'll share it. You know, did your husband know at the time? No, nobody. I mean, people suspected I was very unhealthy, but like, I would not No, it was my secret, my secret thing. And, um, Yeah. So I just hid that for years and I prayed and cried for years, begging God to heal me and he wouldn't heal me. And I believe it was because I wouldn't obey. And then finally I had like this, I thought I was going to die. I had this moment of surrender. I wrote about it on my website. It's like one of my most recent blogs because I kind of quit blogging, (laughs) but, um, it's called the secret sin. I said I'd share in 10 years and I wrote it after 10 years had passed, Mm -hmm. which was like two years ago or something, but, um, or a year ago, but Anyway, God gave me freedom as soon as I confessed it. Like I confessed it, I went to a counselor and I never struggled with it again. It was like a miracle. Um, And so that, at that point, I was like, kind of like a new convert, like telling people at the laundromat, like, you're not going to believe what God did in my life. Like I was this way and now I'm this way. And so even though I, I believe that I became a Christian at 14, it was like, I understood that I needed Jesus when I was 22 or however old I was. 21. 
Um, and so that was a whole phase, but then I became a mom or I actually had a miscarriage and I became a mom. And then I was like more panicked than ever and just struggling to be peaceful, even though I had like overcome this one sin struggle. It was like, you know, I could never feel, I always longed for peace. And then my, my underlying problem was that I had this spiritual anxiety where I was like, I'm doing Christianity all wrong. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why am I not you know, getting my head cut off in a third world country because then God will be, you know, it was like, it was never, it was never enough. It was never enough. And I, I, I knew I needed Jesus, but I, I, and I honestly, I still struggle with that, with that, um, problem. And I have to remind myself and ask the Holy spirit to help me believe that I cannot good works my way into his favor. Like I have it, you know, and I can live in it and rest in it. So to answer your question, um, well, I'll tell you that part in a little bit. There's another part of it um, that helps me understand what the gospel is, what it means for every day. But I feel like I'm going to talk forever. So I'll just say. Um, <laughs> talk forever, started, girl. I like it. I'm, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, okay. So the gospel thing is that I was in a small group of women and a woman shared, well, she was, they were sharing parenting tips. And this one woman, Elizabeth, shared that um, she didn't try to be a perfect mom or a perfect wife, that she her goal in her home was to um, acknowledge her weakness in front of her family and point them to Jesus. So she would apologize a lot and she would, you know, um, say, Hey, I failed you today. And here's what I do when I fail. I pray. Here's how I pray. And so she was like modeling the repentant life in front of her family. And so I heard that as a young mom who had just had a miscarriage, had a brand new baby. And I was so scared of doing things wrong. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like my goal has been wrong all along. Like if my goal is that, then I can actually rest today because even if I fail, I still have the chance to say, yeah, mommy failed. And here's, here's, here's why I need Jesus. And here's what he offers us. And so that changed my life. So that was when my oldest was a baby, she's 10, almost 10. Um, and oh my gosh, it was so amazing. So that really set my life on a different path for sure. Um, that kind of thinking led to so much healing in every area of my life. It led to our adoption because I, you know, it was like the fear couldn't hold when I wasn't a slave to it anymore because I couldn't be a slave to it when I kept reminding myself that Jesus has conquered all the most, the true scary things and that I'm safe in the most important ways, you know? Right. Um, So how do I fight it today is I preach to myself. I make sure that I don't neglect community because if I'm isolated, I'm scared and I battle and I struggle and I've been on and off anxiety medication and I've been in and out of counselor's offices. And I just, um, I just try to acknowledge my weakness and I try to, um, identify why I'm having a problem with anxiety. Like, is it a faith problem? Is it a physical, I don't have a thyroid. I have to have it removed. Is it a thyroid problem? What is it so that I can, um, you know, and then I, you know, pray a lot and don't run away from God's word when it's convicting run to it because Mm -hmm. it's Jesus is in that book. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I struggle all the time. I've struggled lately, but um, that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you for sharing all that. Um, World's longest answer ever. (laughs) Very relatable though. And it's cool to see like even the fact of you saying like, you know, I daily try to look at my weaknesses, which is exactly what you didn't want to do, whatever, 10, 15 years ago. And now that's like the daily thing that you do. I think that shows like how much God is like 
I don't know, either grown you or, you know, loved you or in all of those things, which is awesome. God is so good. Yeah. Um, I'd love to chat for a second about adoption because it's something we both have in our lives. Um, and I know I remember reading about some of the fears that you had surrounding adoption. Um, if you could share with us maybe what some of those fears were um, first, and then we'll, I got some other stuff to ask. Okay. Um, my fears. Okay. I was afraid of every single part of adoption. My husband was like, always wanted to adopt since he became a believer. Cause he was like, excuse me, sorry. Um, he was like, what a beautiful picture of the gospel. You know, we are adopted into God's family through Jesus. And so what a cool thing as a Christian to get to adopt, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's really great, but how terrifying. I don't want to do it <laughs> because <laughs> I thought, um, one, you know, I had all the fears of the horror stories, like, what if, well, my first fear was we, we are going to get a piece of paper where we have to make choices about boy or girl, um, race, special needs, all these decisions that I didn't feel qualified to make. And I just thought no matter what decision I make, like if I pick a child who is as much like me as possible and totally healthy, I'll feel guilty for not choosing a kid who's different than me or yeah. who is sick and needy. And then I thought, or I could choose the most different sick, needy kid I can find. And then oh my goodness, what if they're violent? What if they're this? What if they're that? You know, thinking about my kids, thinking about myself. And, um, I just, I had such a, and I still, my go-to fleshly stance is like protection. Like how can I protect my people and my family and my comfort and my security? Like that is my selfish filter. And so, um, it was really hard to get past that, but God, was very merciful. You know, I was in Christian community. I was in a small group with other believers who were really pursuing the Lord in front of me. And, um, I saw other families adopting and it was, it felt like the way I explain it is like God put chess piece people in my life mm -hmm. that were like continuing to live and survive and laugh and cry and be like, okay. Even though they were walking into what I thought was like this impossibly hard looking calling um, and so that really touched me. And then it just wound up, I just had this moment. I was driving to the grocery store with my kids and my oldest, who was five at the time was like, mommy, I'm so glad I have a mommy and a daddy. And I don't have to sleep in a wooden crib, like that orphanage picture we saw. And, um, and I did that thing that Christian parents do when they like recite, um, Christian -y things because we <laughs> want to raise our kids to <laughs> believe in the gospel. And so I'm like, yes, it's very great when a parent has, you know, the resources to whatever, and as I was like saying this script, it felt like God just broke my heart and I just started crying and I had like all my fear. It was such a supernatural thing. All my fear evaporated and he gave me this strong desire to adopt a little girl from China with special needs. And like, I knew nothing about adoption. I knew nothing about anything. <laughs> and I just called my husband crying and then he was crying and we started the process the next day and he led us to this little girl. We checked yes to deafness. We had no idea why. I don't think we'd ever met a deaf person and um, we all learned sign language. And I mean, the whole story is just such a crazy whirlwind. But yeah, you asked about my fears. Those were some of my fears. Mm -hmm. um, what has, how, how God showed up and how he like broke that fear and it evaporated? Like what has that proven for you about who God is and what he can do? Man. Wow, you ask such good questions, Becky. You're kind. Um, what does that prove? I mean, first of all, it's like, he's real. And it's like, you know, mm. I think doubt is a very natural thing for believers. And I also, especially fearful ones, you know, it's like my big doubts that I've wrestled through and that come up again sometimes are like, like I said, like, am I good enough for God? Am I really living this Christian life the way that he says to live it? 
Um, but also like, are you there, God? Like when life is really hard it, and he feels far, even though he never is, um, you know, just, I have definitely battled over the years, like assurance of my faith. And so things like the adoption story, it's like those moments that we we have as believers where we are praying or we're just doing life and he like breaks through and communicates with us. And it's like, you cannot deny that. Yeah. Like I, there's nobody on earth could tell me that didn't happen to me. And so it was just experiencing him in a regular life moment where I was focused on, Oh, I forgot dishwasher detergent. Like I remember that's what I was thinking about. Like, <laughs> Oh, I have to go back to Kroger because I forgot dishwasher detergent. And like in that moment and in his mercy, you know, I didn't, it's not like I was praying and fasting and asking God, how can I, you know, serve you today? I probably wasn't like, I was just taking steps of obedience and failing and trying and just trying to pursue the Lord. Um, but failing and, um, by failing, I just mean, you know, I wasn't like doing some perfect ritual that made him give me that peace. Um, but I do think I was walking in obedience in ways that I had been afraid of, like, you know, being in a small group and being in people's lives that it made me nervous to do that before, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that like gave him an opportunity, like I was listening, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah, I just, I think it gave me assurance of my faith and that he's real and, just so much peace knowing that he had, if he was leading us to that, he was going to, he was going to be enough for whatever we were going to step into, you know? Yeah. One of the teaching pastors at our church talks about uh, like the dimmer switch and how, like if you, when you're obedient, like God, it's like a direct correlation. Like he turns it up more, you know, like some more light, some more, you can see more, you can feel more, you can, he's there more. I mean, he's there, maybe not more, but like you're aware of it more because you're pursuing it. Um, and I yeah. always like that visual. That's um, great. Yeah. Scarlett, I know God did not create us to live in fear. We know that. It says that in the Bible very clearly. I do yeah. think, like as we mentioned, that some people are naturally more anxious or fearful than others. Mm-hmm. Um, my question for you, after having somebody who's gone through a lot of fear and anxiety in her life and probably will continue to, you know, do you <laughs> think that sometimes fear and anxiety are avoidable? Um. For sure. I mean, well, okay. I I don't think you can say I will never have fear or anxiety again. Um, I do. Okay. So like my eating disorder story, I'm glad I shared that before I said this. Like I know people who struggled for years and years after I was healed. And I've had people say to me, how can you, you know, how can you just say that you prayed or you confessed one time and then he took that away from you? I think some, sometimes he does that. I think sometimes God does that we cannot see or know everything he sees and knows like he's God. He is so much greater than we are. And, um, you know, I think it's like Paul talking about the thorn in his flesh. Like we don't know what that that was, what that struggle was, um, the apostle Paul, but there was something that God allowed in his life, um, you know, to, to reveal his strength in Paul's weakness. And so I view my own struggle with anxiety as that kind of thing. Like I'm not, you know, maybe someday in 20 years, I'll be like, man, that was the moment, like the eating disorder thing. Mm -hmm. Like God really freed me from that. Um, one thing I've learned the last few years, um, is that fear is, is not a bad thing. You know, we are to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, God made us to fear to like protect us from danger. You know, like if you (laughs) see a cheetah running at you, you know, that happens every day. Um, (laughs) you're going to feel fear and you're going to have adrenaline. You're going to run away. So like, I think it's misplaced fear that's the problem um, when we fear the wrong things. So when we fear the circumstances that are, 
you know, temporary that are of this world instead of fearing the God who's in control of everything, who's sovereign. Um, that's the problem. So I think that, you know, the things to put in place in your life, what I try to do, what I, and I fail at it a lot, but, um, you know, spending time in his word. And I told you earlier, like I have struggled in the past and sometimes presently, like more recently with, um, reading something in God's word, feeling fear and guilt when I read it rather than, you know, conviction and comfort. Yeah. And so I can tend to like neglect him because I don't want to feel that I want to feel like I'm okay, you know, but it's a lie from the devil that, you know, that we should walk away from God when walk away from his word, because we'll feel better. You know, that's, that's a very, that's a lie. And so I would just say, resist the lies that we are all, um, prone to believe about, you know, what is rest? What is comfort? <laughs> like, yeah. I think we all, is it food? Is it TV? What is it for you? Um, and just reminding yourself that rest and comfort comes from the Lord. Like the true satisfying kind is only found in him. And if you read something that's convicting or like, oh my goodness, I'm not doing that. Just remember that God is full of compassion and just remind yourself of his character. Remind yourself that his word is a complete thing. It's not um, one verse taken out of context, right. you know? Um, that's so, such a good yeah. reminder. I feel like, Man. I, I feel like I, I feel like a lot of people have the tendency to do that. Like we have to yes. remember that. Oh my goodness. And I mean, I, and I forget that all the time. Yeah. I told my husband, honestly, like two days ago, I was talking, I was reading the Bible. He was reading the Bible. We were sitting in the, the front room and I was like, this is literally my message. And yet <laughs> I struggle with this so much. Um, and I just think it's spiritual attack. So I would just say, be aware that Satan doesn't want us in our Bibles and he doesn't want us yeah. in community. He wants us isolated. He wants us keeping our fears and our struggles a secret from, you know, people in our lives. He doesn't want us living in the light. He doesn't want us um, praying with other believers and fasting and doing all these things. The Bible shows us, give us peace in Christ, you know? So yeah. I would just say, resist the lies and, pers you know, discipline yourself to be in his word and in Christian community because how could we survive without it, you know? Right. I think that's also good. And I think it's so true. Like, of course, Jesus is the answer, but in today's world and with like emotions and hormones and all these different things, I feel like anxiety is like, sometimes I hate to be like, well, I just slap Jesus on it. And that's, you know, right. then it'll make it all okay. And like, yes, Jesus is the answer, but like, how do we in, um, and I'm not saying that's what you're that, that's what no, you were saying. I'm with you. I'm totally <laughs> okay. with you. Um, but how do we, I guess, validate our feelings? And like anxiety can feel, I mean, it's real. It can feel really real. You're having a panic attack. You're totally overwhelmed. You're feeling isolated. You're feeling depressed. What, you know, all these things that are real yeah. things. Like how do we validate those, but also like know and realize that Jesus is the answer? Right. That is such, I'm so glad you brought that up. So I always talk about this sermon I heard from Tim Keller in 2004 called The Wounded Spirit. And I wrote about it in um, my Afraid of All the Things. I'm putting out a Bible study next year about anxiety. And I mentioned it there too, because it, it was so life-changing for me because my anxiety is not always, it's, it's often a faith one. It's often a not trusting God thing. But like you said, like what Tim Keller says is, um, what does he say? He says the biblical answer to like our woundedness, like why are we so messed up? Yeah. Um, is that it's complicated. Like it's like you said, like feelings are val you know, there are hormone problems. There are, oh my goodness, there's so much in the Bible about 
um, in Proverbs. I forgot where it is in Proverbs. Proverbs again, (laughs) Scarlett. Listen, I spent a lot of time in Proverbs, okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, somewhere in there, it says the wicked flee, though no one pursues. So like, there's the kind of anxiety you have if you are living in sin and it's like guilt and that should lead you to repentance. Mm -hmm. So if you take a pill for anxiety or if you go to a prayer meeting, it's not going to help you like repenting will, you know, or if you don't have a thyroid and you don't take your thyroid medication that you need to survive, you might have anxiety and maybe you'll think, oh, you know, I just have to pray for two more hours, but it doesn't help because it's a physical type. And I mean, I have rest, I've had a really hard time because I have a lot of physical anxiety and actually like every time I've gone on anxiety medicine, it's been for like hyperventilating and like, I can't breathe. I can't swallow. It's like panic symptoms of like, you know, adrenaline I'm about to, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I thought, okay, is this rooted in a spiritual problem or is this a physical problem? So I would just say, you know, I, what I do is I listen to that sermon. So go find it on podcast. It's free. Um, (laughs) I listen to that sermon and I ask the Holy spirit to help me know like, okay, what am I doing or not doing? Um, that's contributing to this. Like, am I in community? Because God tells us to live in community. Am I like confessing sin and encouraging and being encouraged by other believers. Because if I'm not and I'm anxious, then that is, that's what I need to do. I need to get into community. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's like three or four things. Like, am I eating healthy and exercising? You know, yeah. Like, am I taking care of the body God gave me? Um, so, yeah, I think just, yeah, not slapping, slapping some Jesus cliche on it because, our, you know, it's complicated. But, yeah, Jesus is overall and he can heal us from anything and he... And praying is like, I mean, we got to be praying. So I would just say, seek out, you know, a Christian counselor if you need it, or a friend who knows you really well, someone you trust, and just talk through it all and try to identify, like, why you're battling this. Because, man, because we're weak. We need each other. We need Jesus. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's good. That's, um, I like that a lot. Uh, Scarlett, what do you feel God is setting you free from? I know everything's a process, so maybe not permanently, but um, what do you feel he's setting you free from? Man, you really are really good at your job, Becky. (laughs) Um, These are such good questions. Um, You know, like I told you a couple minutes ago when I was telling my husband, like I battle this legalist mentality for sure where I'm like, you know, it's like when I read the teaching of Jesus, I think, okay, what a radical, you know, it's like adoption. Like you step, stepping out in obedience and living for others instead of yourself is a really hard thing to do. And it's hard to know, like, am I doing it or am I making excuses or is this a boundary or is this a, (laughs) is this wisdom? Like what, like discerning my own intentions. Like I, you know, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. And so my battle that I feel like in this season, God's freeing me from is, man, I'd say it's in my Bible reading. I'm really trying to not view my walk with Christ as a thing that I can ever be good enough. Like, I just want to get the good enough thing out of my bones. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it is so hard for me. And I feel like God has freed me in so many ways of that, but I still And especially now, because, and you can, I'm sure you can relate to this too. You have a podcast. It's like, if you have any position of like, I'm encouraging, I'm like publicly Mm -hmm. telling people about Jesus. It is so easy to get discouraged and think, God, like, you know, this is terrifying. Like, this is the most important thing in the world. And I want to handle it rightly. Yeah. And I'm a human who is flawed. So like, 
I just definitely battle um, in the insecurity of that and just the desire to talk about the Lord in a way that is right. And, you know, I want to know as much as I can know, but I know it'll never be everything. So I just want to, you know, I, I don't feel free of this, but I think God is helping me through people and his word to just find freedom in, you know, approaching the Bible as um, the gift that it is and not looking at it as a thing that I have to, that I have to do or that I'm not doing good enough or that I haven't read enough today, you know, Mm -hmm. but rather just hungering for it and just seeing it as like, oh my goodness, I get to be with my friend now and and he's going to communicate with me through this book and what a gift, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm working through right now. (laughs) Well, if it's worth anything as an outsider looking in, you do an incredible job of sharing the gospel and reflecting Jesus's love and light and making it all about him. And you are you are a living example of that. So I, oh I appreciate that and I'm grateful for that. And I know that there are so many women out there who follow along that are as well. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit, Scarlett, about your new project. Yay. Okay. So I'm so excited. I can talk about it now. <laughs> so it's, it's a Bible study called anxious, um, fighting anxiety with the word of God. So, um, my book, Afraid of All the Things, was more of a, it's kind of like a memoir, testimony, um, life story. Here's how God freed me of these things. But the Bible study is totally different. Um, you know, it, I spent this year, you know, reading commentaries and studying um, different people in the Bible, like, you know, David and Moses and Jonah and Esther and these scary big things that they went through and how they failed and how, you know, how the Lord used them even in their failures or how they had faith and Um, It was really, really good for me to this year, 2020, like Mm -hmm. in this scary season of life, um, just, I learned so much, you know, I thought, wow, God's freed me and taught me how to fight anxiety, but I just learned so much by studying the Bible um, in preparing for that. So I'm really excited about it. It's for women. Um, It's like, it's an eight session study. So it'll have videos and a workbook and it comes out next August, 2021, and there will be a teen girl version too. So I'm really excited about that. I have three daughters. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we just finished doing all the videos and I finished, just finished writing it. So there are a few more things to be done, but that's, that's the next thing. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, where can people follow along with you online and check out the books that you already have published? Okay, so you could go to scarlethiltabital.com, but my name is not easy to spell, first or last. Um, so I usually tell people to go to afraidofallthethings.com because everybody can, can spell, spell those that. words. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and my Instagram it is there, and the book links are there, and everything's there. So that's the best place. Awesome. And I highly recommend you do. And Scarlett is also very funny and witty, and she shares a lot oh. of good light, but she also shares some funny things about like how she just lost his tooth. And oh my God. I'll let, yes. We'll let them go see Scarlett's Instagram <laughs> to find out about the tooth. Go find out about my beautiful knickknack, which yeah. is my tooth that just got pulled out and now it's on my bookshelf. It's oh, pretty that's great. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Scarlett, for just your time and for your honesty and sharing the hard things that you've gone through um, in a light that, you know, just shows how good God is. So thank you for that. Thank you, Becky. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 